uh, it, uh, let me just talk to you a little bit. This was the last me is the last message I was uh, for for this series. I wanted to talk to you about hope beyond the temporal, because it seems to me that that is a really big obstacle for believers. Uh, getting past the things you see, getting past the things you hear, uh, is a big obstacle for us. And I would I would dare say that all of us, uh, uh, to one degree or the other, has dealt with getting past. Uh, our day, getting past what's going on in our lives. In Romans chapter 8, verses 23 uh, through tw uh, and 24, Paul talks about us having, uh, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we grown, uh, our, we ourselves grown within ourselves. He's saying that we, are, we have the first fruits of the Spirit. So God has given us the Holy Spirit as a foretaste of that which is to come. The Holy Spirit is amazing and wonderful, but, but many of us have not diligently sought him. We've not diligently sought the Lord, or we have sought the Lord. As I've said to you before, I, I always thought I was a diligent seeker, but I realized when I became a diligent seeker, I had been diligently seeking to be a diligent seeker. But I had not come to that place, and there's even more than what I know. And there's more than what you know. If you would just allow someone to say, there's more than what you know. But when God begins to open up things to you, it is, it is what I'm going to say mind-boggling or mind-blowing, the, the things that God has for us. It, and the, the scripture says, uh, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man those things that God has for those who love him. Do you love the Lord is the question. You know, and you and I who say we love the Lord, we need to do whatever he says. And he doesn't have to explain it to you before you to do it. You know, Abraham went not knowing. And Paul says that we groan within ourselves. It's like deep sighing. If you've never prayed to the point of sighing, there's another level for you. You know, it's like uh, he is talking about something that uh, like is inaudible. It, you know, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us uh, with groanings too deep for words. Have you ever heard somebody uh, uh, groaning who was in great pain and they were groaning? They had no words. But he says the Holy Spirit does that for you. And Paul says that we are groaning within ourselves. We can't hear it audibly, but there are inaudible sounds within the believer waiting for the adoption. We what we see now is not all there is. Amen. And we are, we are investing too much in what we see. Amen. I'm convinced of that. I'm convinced of that. And Paul says that we're waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. And so what, what God has done, he has already adopted us. But the final stage of the adoption is the redemption of our bodies. Where we're going to have glorified bodies, new bodies, supernatural bodies. Can you imagine supernatural bodies? Bodies that are beyond this. So don't get tied up in who's right and who's wrong in this world. Please don't get tied up. You, you and I know who's right and we know who's wrong. Those who are in Christ must be right because we are righteous. We are righteous. We must be right. That is, God has made us righteous. And we are the pillar and the ground of the truth. Scripture, I love that Paul writes to Timothy and says that, that we are the church of the living God. We are the church of the living God. We are the ecclesia of the living God. We are the called out ones of the living God. God has invested something in you. And so he didn't invest in you so that you would invest your time in, in secular things. 
I know you have to go to work. God gave us work. It's a blessing. But he didn't give us to participate in this particular world system that you see and that so many uh, believers or churchgoers are following after. Paul goes on to say in verse 24, for we were saved in this hope. We were saved in this expectation for adoption, being sons of God, delivered from this world's sphere, delivered from the control of this world. And he says, we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. I, I do know that we want to live in peace and safety with God. Somebody said to me uh, recently, somewhat recently, well, it's going to happen just like God wanted it. I said, wait a minute. That's not true. That's not the... Uh, the result of prophecy is not like God wanted it that way, so he prophesied. I said, no, he's telling us who mankind is and how bad we are and how horrible we're going to act and what we're going to bring on ourselves. That's what, what the prophets is saying. But when he says that Jesus is coming, that's what he wants. Jesus is going to come and rescue us. So rather than looking at deliverance in this life, we should be looking for our Lord from heaven. I, I said, I said, yes, go ahead, please. I, I said to you, I think on, on the last time I shared from this, this uh, subject, that when we were kids, we heard a lot of me, uh, songs and messages about heaven. You, you know, we, we hardly hear that anymore. You know, we don't say, you know, you remember the song, heaven, heaven, everybody talking about heaven, ain't going there, heaven. We would hear all these things about heaven. I would say we have lost our focus as the church of the living God. Jesus says, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And so, so Jesus speaks of a, a prevailing church, a church that is stronger than its opponents, its opposition. And that's who we are. We don't have to, as it were, lay down our religion. You know the old song, I have to, I'm going to lay down my religion and take care of this matter. And then when you go to pick it up, it may, it may not be there. So I'm just saying to all of us, I want to just really reiterate that tonight. Let's not put everything in this life. You know, the, 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 the uh, poorest people, as we read in Revelation in one of the previous messages, the poorest people are not those who don't have money. The poorest people are those who think that their monetary value and the things they have in this world matter more than their relationship with God. So you have the riches of God. You have Jesus Christ, the riches of God. Let us value that more. Not with lip service. Not with lip service. Let us not do that with lip service. Paul goes on to say, but, what, uh, but hope that is seen is not hope. Do you, you like that? So all, us, all of us who have our hope in things even getting better, and I'm not pushing for them to get worse, all right? I'm not saying, oh, I want it to go, come on, bad times. No, <laughs> I'm not doing that. But I'm saying that those of us who are looking and participating and trying to make these things better outside the will of God is wrong. Everyone is wrong. Who does that? Is that emphatic enough for you? So, so then he goes on to say, I love the hope that is seen is not hope. So what he's saying is, all the things that we're hoping in, expecting deliverance in, that's not hope. He says, for why does one still hope for what he sees? The world that we see is not what we hope for. 
what we are expecting. The world that we see is not what we are hoping for or expecting. Do you feel that, that you can somehow counter Bible prophecy by praying against what's happening? Or can you pray and do you pray for the will of God? Amen. Do you pray for the will of God? How many of us pray for the will of God? When I was a young boy, I used to hear my mom pray. Yes, I used to, let's give the Lord a hand. It is wonderful to grow up in a Christian home, and I'm going to say this to us. I, I, I just maybe just sense something. I feel something, and I want to just kind of say it, not like get it off my chest, but to just be full-throated here. I used to hear my mom pray. My mother was just a praying, amazing, our mother, I keep saying mine, like, you know, my mother. Yeah. Like, I'm the favorite child, and I know it, you know. Had a rude awakening. <laughs> but, but, uh, but yeah, she would always pray, and she would always pray, the will of the Lord be done. May the will of the Lord be done. And so I think sometimes we've gotten out of touch as believers with the will of the Lord being done. We somehow want to bend our, God's will to our will. We want to bend God's will to our will. Make what we want what God ought to want. But let's not do that. Let us live a different life. This last year and a half have just been so amazing to me. And not to me only, but to many of those, you know, uh, I know uh, uh, Brother Nathan and Pastor Jackson and Pastor Tim and others of you, uh, you're silent uh, 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 fellow travelers. And you're not telling me what you're doing, but I do know that many of you have been on this journey with us. And it's been an amazing journey. It's been a, a journey that I was afraid of, but it's as though it was, I trust that it was the, the last time that I would be afraid, as it were, afraid. Uh, to do what God says to do. So Paul says that, um, that we are to live this life by the Holy Spirit with a view of heaven and the promises of God fulfilled. That's what he's saying. We are to live this life by the Holy Spirit with a view of heaven and the promises of God fulfilled. Always thinking about the coming of the Lord or living our lives in a perpetual state of readiness. This is what God wants us to do and not be so man-focused, so this world-focused. Amen. Amen. In Romans, thank you. In, in, in Romans uh, 8.22, Paul introduces this new thought which sets forth the hope of future deliverance from suffering under the, the curse of sin. So he, 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 he introduces this amazing thought that, said, that says to us that there is coming a day. We are not there yet. We are, we are living in a sin-cursed world. We are living in a terrible world where the enemy is attacking us day and night from all directions. And sometimes he does it uh, using those closest to us. We have to be careful how we live our lives and how we conduct our lives. We must live our lives with a view of heaven and the coming of the Lord Jesus. We must get rid of distractions. There are many distractions, and the enemy bombards us with distractions. In 2010, when the Lord gave us that word that was on there, woke me up somewhere after midnight, and he says, the time has come for the fulfillment of all the promises I have given you. And he said, uh, I, I, I've written it down, and sometimes I remember, and sometimes I don't. He says, uh, the enemy is going to attack to destroy. Do not fear. Do not be distracted. Do not be discouraged. 
That's what he said. And so I'm, I'm saying to you that do not be surprised by the fiery trials that, that, that are to, to, to uh, try you. Don't be surprised. Oh, I've got these fiery attacks. Yeah. Yeah, Satan is trying to prolong the inevitable. That's why he attacks you. He, he's not attacking sinners. Oh, yes, they're killing each other. That's a part of his game. But he's not attacking them to try to get them on his side. When they're killing and doing all this craziness, then they're doing his job. But he's attacking you, the holy people of God. He's always attacked the holy people of God. So don't look at this world like, I want my fair share of this world. Don't do that. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 3 through 5, Paul talks about his own life. And, and I, I have not tried to copy Paul, but we, we have the same spirit. I know some of you sometimes will come and say things to me, and it's the same thing that I was thinking. The same thing. And I'm so, so excited because the same thing that I was thinking, you were thinking, we have the same spirit. And so that means that we all have the ability to look beyond this temporal thing, this present world, this ungodly sphere. The devil is trying to get us to join his minions and fight like they fight. But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Why would we abandon spiritual weapons for carnal weapons? Which one do you think is the mightiest? The spiritual or the carnal? Are you still with me? Is this too heavy for a, a Wednesday? Uh, you said it was a might, mighty week. No. <laughs> yes. Say well. Say well. I want to say, you know. Okay, let, let me see what Paul. Paul is... Paul is saying something amazing here. He says, I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. Sometimes I will tell you who I am. I, I just tell you who I am because it's one thing to come up here and, uh, and speak the word of God and maybe give a really good word from the word of God and then sit down. You don't know anything about the man who delivered it or the woman who delivered it. So I want you to know, Paul lets us know who he was. He says, I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling. It doesn't sound like the, the apostles that we would hire. Why? Because he was not looking at the things that could be seen. Because the thing, if, 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 if Paul was weak, yes. Fear and then much trembling. Yes. I know what that feels like. I know what it feels like. God, I have nothing to say if you don't show up. I know what that feels like. I know, Jesus, I don't want to do it. I don't want to misspeak fear. I don't want to say anything that hurts somebody unnecessarily. I always say sometimes God hurts us to help us. One of, one of my illustrations is that when Boris Yeltsin, uh, I think then was the president or prime minister of Russia after the Soviet Union collapsed, and I remember when they were asking Dr. DeBakey to come and help the Russian doctors to doctor, uh, on him to operate his heart. And when Dr. DeBakey got there, he said, we have to give him nourishment. Uh, he's too weak to survive the operation, no matter how successful the operation was. And I didn't know that an operation could be successful and the patient not make it. And he said, he said no, we need to give him, get him strengthened before we operate. 
He said, because we, you know, we could be successful with the operation, but the patient will die. And, and so they, they nourished him and nourished him. And then Dr. DeBakey with that Russian team, they operated on him and he survived it. He later on died for something, uh, maybe, for, but, many, but much, time, much later. What I'm saying is, is, is that uh, what the body of Christ, the body of Christ needs her spiritual nourishment. We need our spiritual nourishment. We don't need to say no to the... Uh, to the spiritual nourishment because the things that are going on in the world are catastrophic toward us and they're all directed toward us. So I would like for all of us to take our spiritual nourishment and take our walk with Jesus more seriously than ever before and stop looking for man-made results in this present world. That's what I want. That's what I was trying to say. And and then Paul goes on to say, and my speech, and he connects it with his, his condition, weakness, fear, and trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. Not of, he didn't say they were not with wisdom, but human wisdom. Because a lot of times in the, in the body of Christ, we're looking for human wisdom. We honestly are looking for human wisdom, and we really love the human wisdom. We exult in human wisdom. How many of you know that I'm not angry? I'm not angry at all. But we, we love human wisdom. And I sometimes hear it. I sometimes hear uh, some, somebody say something. I go, wow, Lord, that was sure powerful. That was sure powerful. And nobody thinks there was anything because they didn't hear enough human wisdom. So Paul says his, his uh, preaching, his uh, speech and preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. But, and this is what we're looking for. And this is what I've, I've begun to see more and more. This is what I'm begun, beginning to feel and sense and have the Holy Spirit say things. You know, somebody says something today and some, somebody else says something tomorrow and, and, and the, the mighty power of confirmation and, and words of knowledge that's just dropped into my spirit, uh, words of, of wisdom dropped into my spirit more so maybe than ever. And I'm saying, okay, so he says, I didn't have the persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Demonstration of the Spirit is what we want. But we don't want to work it up. We want to have a, the Holy Spirit live a life that the Holy Spirit at any juncture can manifest himself in a powerful way. And we're not the hero Jesus is. Amen. Amen. And he says, this is what Paul wanted for the church. And this is what we need for the church. We don't need clever, cool, Hollywood-style preachers. We just don't need it. But we tend, to, we tend to go after that, don't we? I remember I was at a, at a Church of God of Prophecy many years ago, and uh, it, it was a wonderful experience. Maybe I should have told you which, which church it was, but, but it's already out of my mouth now. And uh, uh, they, they told me, they invited me there. They said, our motto is we lend, we don't borrow, but we're going to let you come preach to us. And, uh, and they did. And I remember one of, the, one of the young men, there was two brothers from Alabama, I don't remember the last name, but they were some powerful guys. Uh, uh, Tony was one of them, was a pastor, and his brother forgot his name. But uh, I remember him preaching. We were young men in our 20s, and I remember him preaching. He says, if we don't do what God wants us to do, Tony says, God is going to send some old country boy. That's not me, so don't, don't look at that. <laughs> he says, with his britcher legs rolled up, and he's going to just, just blow us all away. What I'm saying is God's ways are not our ways. 
You know, can you imagine God calling somebody like John the Baptist? You may think John the Baptist is such a, a, a heroic figure. Yeah, I know he was. I know he was, but he didn't look like it. I mean, you know, like I said before, you know, he needed some help with his wardrobe. I was talking, I think it was to Nathan or somebody the other day, and I said, you know, can you imagine, you know, uh, John the Baptist, and we were talking about John the Baptist inviting somebody to dinner, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> saying, you know, you go, well, what are we having, John? Locusts. You know, you know whoever, whoever we were talking to, was it you, whoever we were talking to, he said, he said, I said, uh, John, I, I'm going to be busy that day. <laughs> I, I don't want locusts. I don't want to eat locusts. And by the way, you just, you don't dress well. But, but he was somebody God used because he says, why does Paul say these things? That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. This is what God wants to do. We really need to grasp this. We need to lay hold of it. We need to embrace it. We need to be a, a diligent seeker, a diligent seeker. Wow. Listen, let me, would you let me do one more? And, and I'm going to do one more. And, and this would be uh, the last one on the first page. <laughs> All right. Yes. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, um, verse, verse 6, we'll begin. He says, and you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction, with joy of the Holy Spirit. Listen there. With joy of the Holy Spirit. With joy of the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit. And, and, and those of us who feel like we may not, then we're going to invite the Holy Spirit in just a moment. He says, so that you became examples in all to all in Macedonia and Achaia who believe. You became an example church. I want us to be an example church. That means you can't be arrogant. You can't be haughty. You can't be there. well, everything that God is doing is begins here and ends here. No. Absolutely not. But we want to be an example church in love and humility and following Jesus Christ. Doing whatever he says. And he tells the, these Thessalonians, he says, for from you, the word of the Lord has sounded forth, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Your faith toward God has gone out so that we do not need to say anything. Wow. For they themselves declare concerning us what manner of entry we had to you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. You turned to God from idols. These were idol worshipers. Now, before we, let's don't go too far with that. You turned to God from idols to serve the living God and, it's a conjunction, and to wait for his son from heaven. That's, that's what we are to do. Live like Christ Jesus could come before midnight. And if he did, I would be so happy. One dear brother, I've told you this before, he said, I, he said he had a big retirement account. He said, I got this big retirement you know, uh, uh, account. And he said, you know what? You know what? He said, boy, I hope I don't get to spend a penny. I want Jesus to come. Amen. I remember that. Amen. And I thought, really? You don't want to spend any of it? I was thinking to myself, you don't want to spend any of it? He said, I don't care about it. I want Jesus to come. Do you love Jesus so much that you want him to come? 
and you don't care about what is it in the, what this world has to offer you that's that's what I believe God is trying to do, not trying to do. That's what God is doing here. And God is working with us and molding us so that heaven is more important. Christ, what the Christ is, seated at the right hand of the Father, is more important to us than anything in this world. Sphere. Anything in this world. Sphere. That's what God wants from us. Hallelujah, somebody. He says... And to, he, and to wait for his son from heaven. Listen, whom he raised from the dead. Whom he, that, that's big in gospel preaching. He raised Jesus from the dead. Our faith is built on. He raised Jesus from the dead. Every other so-called leader is, is still in the grave. Muhammad is in the grave. Buddha in the grave. All of them in the grave. But Jesus ascended to heaven without a rocket ship. That's where our attention should be. Let's do it together. Let's do it together. He raised him from the dead. Even Jesus. Listen, even Jesus he's talking about. He, his son, even Jesus. Who delivers us from the wrath to come. There's wrath coming. No matter how you pray. There's wrath coming upon all the ungodly and all disobedient sinners. We should not join them. We should not take sides with them. I'm not saying we are better than them. I'm saying we are God's people. He says, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. That's what he says about us. That's who we are. We're the house of God, the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Without us, there is no truth. How is it that we cannot discern lies? We are the truth. We're the pillars of truth. Are you with me, brothers? Are you with me, sisters? It is pivotal to our faith that we turn from our idols. It is pivotal to our faith that we turn from idols. You say, well, Pastor, we don't have any idols. We don't have any little figurines. No, I'm not talking about figurines. I'm talking about things that are not of God. Things that are not of God, which demand our focus and our attention. These things demand our attention. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke those things. What are we to do since we have hope beyond the temporal? We should not love this world, nor the things that are in the world. For if anyone loves this world or the things that are in the world, emphatically he says, the love of the Father is not in him. Are you with me? So if you love all of this world sphere and you're participating in the madness that we're seeing all over the world, all over the world, brothers and sisters, all over the world, all over the world. So I'm praying that you and I will, will come to the Lord and get eye salve to cure our blindness. And we'll be all that Jesus wants us to be. That's really what, what we're to do. And we are his people. 
Let's not be like ancient Israel who just did everything that the people around them were doing. Let's be different. Let's be the people in whom God can be himself. Let us be a people uh, in and through whom that God would bring a thunderous roar to Corpus Christi. Let, let's be that. And let's be a part of the, the company of people who are praising the Lord. And we are forgetting about ourselves. We are focused on him and we worship him. And we, give our, we don't love our lives even to death. Let's be that people. I'll come back in a minute. But thank you so much for your time.